Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. What's going on, team? Welcome back along to another week of Super Rugby Previews. This week, we're shooting into round nine of Super Rugby Aotearoa and round six of Super Rugby AU. And we're going to be having a look at the four matches coming your way here on Cornflakes YouTube channel and, of course, New Zealand Sports Radio. So before we get into it, if you're enjoying these videos, if you're liking our thoughts and our predictions, hit those thumbs up and, of course, share it with all your mates. Get the word out there about our awesome little shows here on the two channels. We're going to be bringing in the special guest, as we always do each and every week. So it's with great pleasure, once again, I welcome in our favourite Australian, Shane. Welcome back again. Big good day to you, Stephen, and all the people out there, and hope you're going all right. Yes, we've got four big games to look through, Shane, but of course, before we do, we have to look at who is the big victor of this thing, the yellow cap this round, heading into what is becoming almost the end of the tournament now. We've only got this round and one more of Super Rugby Aotearoa, and then we've got, uh, what, five, I guess, in total of Super Rugby AU to go through, including this one coming up as well. So it's really getting into the business end of the seasons. We'll talk about it soon with the matches, but the Crusaders seem to have that title wrapped up, and the Brumbies well on the way themselves to doing the same over at your side of the Tasman. But when we look on Super Brew, I can proudly say, get again, I'm loving the season because I'm still sitting top of the table, but it is well done to Nana, who has grabbed the yellow cap this week with another fantastic round of picking, and it's great. The variation of people picking up the yellow cap this season has been fantastic, but it is still, well, it's becoming a two-horse race at the top. Myself there, and the reviewer is right on my tail. It's getting tense, like the competitions. Superbrew is very close to who's going to take out that crown, but Shane... Another weekend of matches. Did your predictions come true? Did you pick your um, Reds team to do the job? Because I almost regretted picking the Brumbies there for most of that game. Look, I, I, I obviously did tip them, I think, last week. If uh, I made the prediction that the Brumbies would win, but naturally I would tip the Reds over the Brumbies anyway. But, um, gee, that was a good game. I've got nothing to complain about. Not even some of the refereeing decisions some of the other Reds fans were a bit um, upset about. But for, for rugby and rugby in Australia, that was a really good derby to watch. And 
Um, you know, I, I just said, you know, what a bloody good game that was. Um, and, uh, mate, um, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose, and I'm happy to be a good loser here. <laughs> and we're talking about, before we started recording this, I think that uh, Super Rugby AU took the crown last weekend uh, for excitement, for fan engagement, for how those games went. I think... They were the better games. I mean, we had the super time in the first match as well, didn't we? And then we had that, you know, extra time um, uh, kick a goal to to win the game for the Brumbies after they missed the chance to win it in regulation time. It was exciting. Um, sure, people could say the quality wasn't the same or whatever, but in terms of watching the game and, and being glued to the screen and, and being in, engaged in the game, I think Super Rugby AU really stood up last weekend and we've seen it. Odds and ends, good good games from them. We've had a good round, um, a few back as well. And then the, the pace does drop off a bit, but it's good to see that they're picking it up. And I thought overall as a contest and as a fan watching the rugby, I thought uh, Super Rugby AU was quite entertaining last weekend, which is, is good to see. And hopefully we see more of it this weekend as well. Because like we say, the competition is amping up. And we'll talk about the Aotearoa games, about how the Crusaders could be um, getting themselves a title this weekend. But in Australia, it's where it all kicks off this weekend with the uh, Rebels hosting that Brumbies team we were just talking about. Then second to that on Saturday, we've got the Hurricanes taking on the Chiefs. And Shane is really getting super excited about that clash coming out of the cakes and then the Waratahs are back from the bye and they're taking on your Reds so boy there's two games in a row you've got something to be excited about and then what could be the competition decider in Aotearoa the Crusaders are hosting um, the Highlanders which could be uh, could be a good game, could be a little bit nasty one as well. So opening game of the weekend will be at Leichhardt Oval, a venue that's seen a, a lot of rugby um, this year coming from a typically league ground, as we've said before here on the channel. But it's the Rebels versus the Brumbies, and the Rebels team, before you look at the 15's name for the side, Shane, uh, the Rebels have been awfully inconsistent, haven't they? Yeah, um, that's, that's typical of the Rebels, though. <laughs> one, one moment you're thinking... These are competition beaters here, and the next minute, um, they, they they tend to just fade away a little bit. But as you mentioned, the team selections will um, wait with bated breath because I I think I had a sneak peek this afternoon, and they um, may have used the axe a little bit. Yeah, okay. Well, we have a look at the team selections they've named uh, for the Rebels or for both the sides. We'll quickly go through them. Um, starting for the Rebels, the home team for this one. Of course, they don't have a home, but this is as good as it gets for the Rebels. Uh, or Ulysses and Ainsley are their front row. Philip and Hosea in the second row. Kimini is back, and he's got Brad Wilkin in the seven jumper. And Nicerani again wears eight. Frank Lamani starting at scrum half. He's probably one of your first interesting calls. And Andrew Deegan is outside him in the ten jumper. Matsuo moves to 12. Like, how many times have we said that this season? Um, that that's where he's better. Campbell Magna is at 13. Corabetti's on the left wing. Callaway is on the right. Reese Hodge is a fullback. Interesting calls there, isn't there, Shane? The 10, the halves especially. Big calls. Well, I've got to say, I thought Matt Tamu has been okay, but he's a 12 as well. Uh, he was a 12 at the Brumbies too. Uh, and the point that I've laboured on um, more than somebody doing bricklaying on a construction site is that Billy Meeks has not hit the form that I personally as a Wallabies fan and a fan of Australian rugby would want to see from 
somebody that I, you know, we thought as, and he's a wallaby himself, um, capped against the Barbarians three years ago. So, so I'm, it was probably a right move to cover that 12 position. Deegan, I'm not so sure. Um, when I've seen him, he's been patchy at 10, but he gets a chance. And that's the main thing. People will get a chance. Lists will be um, a bit more flexible. This is because it's a 10-round competition and derbies. It's an excellent chance for to see what people can do. Good to see Philp starting again. Izzy Nazarani buoyed off his 50th cap and scoring the match-winning try in super time. So there's still a lot of really good players in this side. They're missing DHP, Hayla Petty, obviously, with, with injury. So Hodges is back at fullback. So, um, But it's still a, a reasonable side on paper, isn't it? It is a good side on paper. And I think there's something we've said quite often about this Rebels team, isn't it? I think I've found... With this Rebels side, and I think it's probably going to make a difference this weekend, likely seen against a force, I think Rebels play to their opponent more than they play to their own game. So if they're playing a better team, they lift quite substantially. If they're playing a worse team, they can kind of fall into the standard of the team they're playing against. We've seen that, I think, last week. They, they just struggled to really lift out of that game that the force were playing. I think we're going to see the flip side of that this week when they take on the Brumbies. I expect they should lift a little bit and put in a good performance because they're playing against the competition leaders and they name you talk about a good team on paper well we'd say this every week but the Brumbies again they reel out the big names don't they they're starting 15 for this match uh, Scotty Seo, Flaufanger, Alan Alatoa what a front row that is it's, it's been unstoppable this season this pack has been unstoppable Darcy Swain's a forward Nick Frost I think has been really impressive in this pack is, is probably the little known guy in this uh, type 5 especially he'll start in the second row as well Rob Valentini Tom Cusack and Pete Samu are the back row and then it's Joe Powell and the impressive Bailey Kunzel this guy's come from nowhere and there's these other young teens that have been taking that limelight an injury occurs he comes in and he has looked right at home another young teen in Australian teams that just looks like he could be something big in the future uh, Simone and Kurandrani will be in the middle of the back line Mirrorhead comes back to the left wing Solomon Akata on the right, and Tom Banks is back at fullback. No Tom Wright um, in the team at all, which is a bit of a shame there. I think he's been an incredible form for the Brumbies this, uh, this season, especially the last few weeks. Yeah, he's played well. Um, maybe it's an opportunity to rest some players, see what other people can do. Um, yeah, interesting one, that one, um, because he's got plenty of time as well, and you know, he's adapted very well, and so is um, Solomon Okada um, from League into Union, um, which is, which you know, um, to which is something the Brumbies do well, um, adapting them into that, that really good culture they've got there and, and teaching them right and playing them right. Um, but overall, on paper, the Brumbies look impressive, as they always do. Um, they're no mugs, <laughs> and as, as I've well and truly known, you hide under the cover when you're playing the Brumbies if you're an opposition fan because um, they'll always come out to play and they'll always put on a scare. And you've got to be careful, don't you? Coming against this Brumbies team, there's one thing that the Rebels can't afford to do, and that's give away penalties. You just can't keep giving away those penalties. The Brumbies are going to kick you into the corner. I mean, we all know what's going to happen next. 
That's what they do. That's what they're going to do again. And I just, I, I just see that being too much for the Rebels. It's too much for all the Australian teams, and it's too much for most Super Rugby teams anywhere. Uh, not many sides can contain that. The best way to, to contain it is to not give away that opportunity to give them a line-out inside your 22. That has got to be number one priority for this Rebels team if they want to try and compete for this matchup. But the teams are interesting. I really do question that hearts, but it'll be interesting to see how Matt Tamua does adapt to that 12 instead of the 10 jumper. Um, and it gives them, a, I guess, that, that sort of dual playmaker, I guess, that they've kind of got with Kunzel and Simone. Simone does take over quite a bit of that playmaking um, duties as well as, as the kind of second runner of, of uh, in the 12 jumper. So we'll see how those two run together. And it should be, I think, an interesting weekend opener. But firmly the Brumbies' favour for me. I think the Rebels aren't up to that standard. The Reds, for me, are the second-best team in Australia. The, the Rebels are uh, falling down third, long way still to fourth. Um, but... Do you hope they should give them a push here? I'm going the Brumbies to win this one, but do you think it's going to be close or just too good for the Brumbies? Look, the, the great southern rivalry, as I call it, because they're the two southernmost sides in the Australian Conference, is usually a very close match anyway between these two. The Rebels will be up for it, as, as they always are against the Brumbies, but just see the Brumbies having that edge in the forwards, um, despite the Rebels having a reasonable forward pack themselves. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go the Brumbies by seven. I've gone very similar to you. Brumbies by ten for me. Um, so very often you're going into double figures in this competition or in either of these two competitions. Um, so maybe a bit heavy on that one, but I do. I think the Brumbies are much, much better side here. And it's going to take you know, a special performance here to, to fight back by the Rebels uh, to get into that same sort of capacity that the Brumbies bring to this game. That is our opener out of the way. Nice and quickly, we're done on to game number two because, Shane, this is your baby of a match. It is the Hurricanes, the Cagton, hosting the Chiefs. Hit us with it. What makes you excited about this game? Two North Island sides going at it. And um, the proximity you know, between the Waikato and, and, and um, Wellington, um, the neighbouring... Um, you know, counties and, and those sort of things in, in Minor 10 and in Super Rugby. And it's 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 a cool game to watch. So you need to be cool. Um, not like <laughs> me, not Tom Silly, but the Hawaiian shirt. I love to call it the Hawaiian shirt derby. Um, so if you're on Twitter and you're at the game and I'm tweeting on this game, which I will be, wear a Hawaiian shirt, tweet us in, let's have a bit of fun. Um, look, it's gonna, it's just something re you know, Stephen, how with, with Derby games, whether it be Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, you have those really special games. This mm -hmm. is a special game. This is made for all out attacking rugby. Um, and you know, there are two very highly explosive teams if they do the right thing with the footy. So yeah. Um, to contain my excitement um, <laughs> would be hard. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like seeing a kangaroo in my backyard. I, I, I really am looking forward to this one. And the teams that have named as well open up to what you've suggested here. Uh, full of running, uh, attacking, explosive sort of sides, good finishes. 
I think we should see, hopefully, two teams. We know the Chiefs have got nothing to play for here. Their season, well, it's been over for a while, but still that, that desire from them to get that victory has still got to be there. So hopefully we should see them throwing everything here at this resurgent Hurricanes team. We'll have a look at the two sides here for this matchup. Um, the Hurricanes first. The home team is, of course, at the Caketon. Um, their front row, Ben May. Uh, Dane Coles is back again in the number two. Tyrell Lomax keeps his number three shirt. It's a pretty steady uh, type five for them as well. James Blackwell four and Scott Scrafton in there in the second row. So that's pretty consistent bar the injuries. A couple of loose head and Dane Coles is coming in and out. Um, with Almua a little bit, but that's pretty consistent there in those uh, front forward positions. Uh, Red Princeep will be at 6, Kurifi at 7, and Savia at 8. Into the back line, Piranara and, and Garden Bishop yet again. Lamapa and Umanga Jensen, who I think has been a huge standout in the last few weeks for the Hurricanes. So I'm excited to see him rather than questioning where's Vince Arso. I'm saying, let me see more of Peter Umanga Jensen. We've got the two South Africans on the wing. Where's Houston on the left? Kulmus Van Wyk on the right and Jordy Barrett at fullback. That is going to be exciting to see those finishes because that's what they are. They are absolute finishes on the wings for the Hurricanes. For the Chiefs on the other side, Oliver Norris, Samasoni Takiaho and Nipo Lalala the front row. Uh, Akoyan Brown in the second row. Jacobson is back. He starts at six. Sam Kane at seven and Peter Gustoa Cooler will be at the back. Webber's at 9, and Caleb Trask will start at 10. So Aaron Cruden has had his, well, he's had his bit of a his hurrah to finish his time back with the Chiefs, I think, and is now looking to the future. Trask is a guy I think they want to take this Chiefs team forward. Alex Nankoval starts at 12 with Anton and Brown and his midfield partner, Sean Wainui and Sean Stevenson, the two Seans back on the wings. And, of course, Damien McKenzie, the other side of that matchup, we're looking forward to seeing against Geordie Barrett. Plenty of names you want to see running out there on that field, isn't there, Shane? Oh, absolutely. And if the Chiefs do what they did a couple of weeks ago, even though they lost to Auckland, they, they went back to their old school game. And and this is why I say that so this is an explosive attacking game. If they go back to that angle line running um, and, and really make the Hurricanes tight five and, and their their flank forwards work. Um, and, and the same with the Hurricanes. If they keep their straight line running game going with mm. with simple passing, oh, gee, mate, this game is just full of attack. And 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 uh, I make big calls and I'm sometimes wrong, Stephen. <laughs> this, for me, will be the game of the round. Two North Island sides, two rivals going at it. Um, two very proud sides going at it as well. Wellington, um, as I know personally from um, the 2016 final, um, where, where they won, the Hurricanes fans are the most passionate in the league. They are they are extraordinary. They love their rugby. They love this. Um, I believe there's already 15,000 tickets already sold, so plenty more still yet to be sold. So... So you'll have a reasonable crowd in for it too. So rugby at Wellington, the Hurricanes versus the Chiefs, Battle of the North Island, one of the North Island derbies, Hurricanes by three. Oh, I, I thought, you know, I thought you were going to say, I, I make crazy predictions sometime. I was thinking to my head there, he's going to pick the Chiefs to win this one. He's going to go against the barrel. He's going to go for that outside pick, but not quite. You've gone just with the Canes. 
I agree with you. This could easily be the game of the round because we could see, I mean, the final game, the other new uh, Aotearoa matchup could be a, a bit of a blowout. It could be a classic. It's a bit more up in the air. This one, though, the Chiefs, I think, have got better as this competition's gone on. I think their attacking's better. Um, their structure's a bit better. Having a bit more stability in the players they've got, getting the, the Sam Kane's back, the Jacobson's back now as well. They're kind of just learning. They're working. Leonard Brown at 13 has certainly shot up that back line, attacking and defensively. So, yeah, Chiefs could be on to something here. Do they win it? I say no, and I've agreed with you on here. I've got the Hurricanes to win this one. Not quite as tight as you. I haven't gone for that double digit, though. I've, I've stayed clear of that. They've gone just by nine points, but I think it's going to be an exciting one. And again, if you're on that betting front, and like Shane's been saying, if you go for that higher uh, points margin, total points, this one could be quite up there, I think, as these two teams look to go out there and put on a bit of a spectacle for the fans. Of course, Hurricanes aren't out of this competition yet. They're, they're quite a wee bit behind, though, sitting on 16 points. So eight points behind the Crusaders. They effectively need the Crusaders to lose every game from here on and not get bonus points. But still, they believe that dream is still alive. So they're going to play like it as well. So it could make for some exciting rugby. Let's shoot back over to your side of the Tasman there, Shane. We're over to see the Waratahs versus the Reds. Your boy's back in action. The Wobby Waratahs back from the bye. I mean, you've got to be confident, don't you? Oh, super confident <laughs> after the last performance against the Waratahs. And there's nothing like beating the Waratahs, mate. Um, that's the one you chalk um, in your Super Rugby competition, whether it be Super Rugby AU or before um, Super Rugby got cut. Um, if, if any side beat the Waratahs, I'd be shaking the captain's hand. Um, <laughs> this one's very special, though. This is... We, we've spoken about some of the New Zealand derbies, and we do speak regularly about that word derby. This is Australian rugby tradition. This is our, our, our traditional old-school Australian rugby derby. Um, the, there are so many players from both of these sides who have gone on to be outstanding Wallabies. Um, and um, there are 13, seven in the Waratahs starting side alone. Um, and six in Queensland's, um, so that that tells you the breeding grounds um, for a lot of uh, Australian rugby heartland uh, with with New South Wales with Queensland. This this is bitter. The Waratahs have been patchy. They've played some good rugby at times and. To say they've played some poor rugby at times has been an understatement. But when it comes to Waratahs v Reds, the Waratahs always chalk this game in the calendar as something they turn up for. The Reds do the same. Uh, I'm, I'm confident of a Reds victory by narrow margin because I think that these guys will have learnt something from the Brumbies. They needed that physical, hard, fast game against the Brumbies to get them ready for the Waratahs. Now, the Waratahs, they had the had the bye last week, so they'll be fresh, they'll be ready. Um, love this derby, mate. Old school Australian rugby. You're going to see 
punching through the line, counter attacks. You're going to see the, the the pinnacle of what you've seen from a Wallaby side combined with two Australian rivals, but two great Australian rugby sides. It's the old New South Wales versus Queensland, isn't it? It's the old the state of origin, as they call it in the league. Yep, yes, you're right. It's age old. And it's personal, isn't it? It's it's not much love lost between these two unions either. So it's going to be a bit of a cracker, hopefully, for our um our, well our second Saturday night fixture in these two competitions. The starting lineup. So we'll quickly go through them for the Waratahs as the uh, home side for this one. Um, Robertson, Horton, and Johnson Holmes the front row. Hannigan and Simmons in the middle of the pack. Lockie, Lachlan Swinton. Michael Hooper and Jack Dempsey in the back row. Jack Gordon starts at nine and Will Harrison, I think he is my most impressive Australian player in this competition so far. Come Michael Hunt will be outside him at 12 and Fakiti will be at 13. I think it's the first time I've actually seen Fakiti this season as well. Um, a name that I haven't seen for quite some time. Alex Newsom on the left wing, James Ram on the right, and Jack's Ma Jack Maddox at fullback. Good to see Angus Bell back on the bench as well, um, coming back from that injury. So it's good to see him back in the team for the Waratahs. As for the Reds, uh, Dane Zander. Now, we spoke about Dane Zander in, in brief last week before the Reds game. We were like, oh, where's this guy come from? Uh, he was outstanding. He had a great game against the Brumbies last weekend. So he certainly put himself on the map as a, a very, very good player uh, at Loosehead. Uh, playing Amosas at hooker. Tupo, of course, will be at tight head. Angus Blythe and Solakai Loto in the second row. Angus Scott Young, Liam Wright, Harry Wilson. There's a name for the future. Another one I'm really enjoying watching is Harry Wilson. He is phenomenal. Uh, Scott Malalua will start at scrum half again with James O'Connor outside him. Hamish Stewart and Hunter Paisami in midfield. Filippo Dalgunu on the left wing. And, of course, Jordan Pitaya. I'm sure you have something to say about how good he was last week as well. Jock Campbell at fullback. But before you talk about Pitaya, what have you made of them starting Malalua at nine instead of Tate McDermott, who I think has been phenomenal this season for the Reds? It gives them a bit more impact off the bench, but what are they seeing in Malalua that they're starting him in the nine jumper over McDermott? Maybe because Malalua is already an international, that, that could be one. And the Waratahs have quite a few internationals in their side, obviously. That's that, that may be one. Maybe it's that impact off the bench with the live wire that Tate McDermott mm. is running around tied forwards and, and, and tied defences, that that could be. But other than that, personally, um, it, it doesn't bother me because you've got a very experienced um, international in Malalu who's played for Samoa, actually played against the Wallabies last year and played well before he had to come off with injury. And you've got Tate McDermott, who I think... I, I certainly believe was Will Guinea's successor, very live wire type um, um, of, of, of halfback. But, you know, Brad Thorne perhaps is, you know, also looking at this will be a physical running game. So maybe Malalua perhaps with the size um, where McDermott can come on later when, when they're a bit tired. So... Yeah, that probably is a strategic thing more than anything else. What did you make of the return? Uh, Jordan Pattaya, back from that massive layoff, coming to the game, such an impact, wasn't he? 
And it didn't look like he missed a beat, Steve, oh, yeah. either, which was really impressive. Um, first hit up, five, ten metre run, confident as you like, mm-hmm. running into the Brumbies' defence all night. It was really special to see this young man back. I hope that he um, remains injury-free and really becomes the talent that Australian rugby is looking for, or one of the talents, certainly, because there's a lot of young fellows coming through the ranks. And and maybe something special for 2023 with the World Cup coming. So this is this is Dave Rennie's chance to look at a young bloke like um, Jordan Pattaya, who who I really enjoy watching mm-hmm. play, um, as well as you know the Will Harrisons, the the Bailey Clinzels, the um, Noel Lowesey, the I hope he comes back and makes a speedy recovery from injury. All these young blokes have have a key role to play um, in Australian rugby's future, and hopefully it's a much more successful future if we give them the training, if we give them the infrastructure, if we give them the the you know the right coaching and the right advice and and keep them on on a level pathway, which I think they will. You talk about interesting things here, Shane, just to give a, a slight little plug um, to BehindThePost.com, the website I have where myself and others have putting pieces out on different rugby topics. I'm working on, at the moment, the future of Australian rugby as in terms of the Wallabies team. Watching this competition, I look at this, and, and it's time to really embrace the youth that this team's got. For me, guys, like, talk about Pattaya is definitely a shoe and He's got to start, provided he's injury-free. But I'm looking at, like, say, the Will Harrisons, um, the Harry Wilsons, those sort of guys are straight in uh, to a team for me. An international side, it's time to embrace these guys. They've got this experience now at this sort of level. They've got a full season here. They've performed. They've been consistent. And I'm going to be looking at what I think the team should look like um, heading into possibly a, a season later on this year internationally or next year in the future as well. So I'm going to fly that one past you later on, Shane. So um, keep an eye on that. But yeah, for anyone else tuning in, uh, keep an eye out behindthepost.com because that is something I think is going to be quite a bit of a revelational change in Australian rugby because there's, you like say, so much talent going on around there as well. Uh, Pattaya on him, he was outstanding. Um, the one thing I will criticise him, I think he needs a haircut. Uh, that's really weird. <laughs> missing a little bit. He's got the rag on his head, but yeah, he made such an impact. Changed that Reds team, and I was so disappointed he didn't get that try. Uh, the brilliant try that it was from miles away from the field, just to him to get it, to come back, have that impact, get that reward would have been, uh, I think, rather fitting for the for the young guy. And um, But unfortunately, maybe you'll get it this week in uh, stead uh, for the Reds. But how are you going this one? Waratahs at home, of course. But surely you're going to back your boys to get the job done. I'm going the Reds by three. I think it'll be one of those that we ride home as an Australian classic. <laughs> it could be a great game. I mean, we've seen the Brumbies, oh, sorry, the Waratahs stand up against the Brumbies in that match they had a few num- number of weeks ago now. That was, I think, the only good Waratahs match this season, but by far their best match. They really did um, come to the party, and everyone was like, ooh. Maybe the Waratahs have actually you know, started their season now. This is the level they can play at. Unfortunately, they didn't keep that up. But if they can, they are a great side. They can actually compete with the best. We saw it. They compete with the Brumbies. If they bring that to this game, it could be an absolute cracker. But I 
I really hope that the Reds actually pull this one out. They've got a great side. They play some great rugby. It's entertaining. It's expansive. They've got those big players that can make an impact. The big boys running around the field, they love the ball in the hand. They love to squash people with the ball or without the ball. They're just, for an Australian team, they're fun to watch. And they're exciting. And I think that's what Australian rugby needs. And the Reds, I hope they put this one away. I'd love it if it was by more, but I think it's going to be by about five points is my pick. But if it's by 25... I'll happily let someone else have that bonus point on Super Brew because that would be just exciting to see the Reds run rampant. That's what we're going for there. That's three games done. We have just the one remaining. And as always with these blooming Sunday afternoon games, as much as people like afternoon rugby, I'm at work and can't watch it. And it's just, it's inconvenient for me. So I'm going to complain. Everyone else loves the, the old Sunday afternoon games. But it's the Crusaders looking to clinch that trophy up against our boys from the south in the Highlanders. Now, just to keep you up with how the table sits currently, the Crusaders are top on 24 points. The Blues, who are on the bye this week, are on 22. So a two-point difference there. If the Crusaders win, they are champions. It's as simple as that. Minimum, we'll put them up to 28, and the most the Blues can get for bonus point win next weekend will be 27. The Hurricanes, of course, we talked about that. Much more of a long shot, but the Blues need the Highlanders to win this game. Shane, it's a pretty simple question here. Can the Highlanders do it? Uh, <laughs> I love your confidence. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the analogy I used a few weeks ago. It actually was wrong. The Hurricanes were the main team, and um, they rolled the dream team. Um, space jam analogy there too. Um, the, the analogy of Stone Cold when when Shawn Michael asked, <laughs> yeah. "Can I beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania?" and he, Stone Cold replied, "I think you can, but you won't." <laughs> um, there's this is a potential in that Highlander side to to do some 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 real damage to sides. Mm -hmm. But the Crusaders just, they'll be, you know, they'll be reeling from that loss against the Hurricanes, which I didn't mind. And I'm sure um, many others didn't mind either. Balance the competition right out, and that's what that competition really needs. But the Crusaders have so much depth. They have so much talent. And... It's not just a team on paper, Stephen. It's a team that we can prove that has a proven track record on the park. So, yeah, I think um, the Highlanders might be in for quite a bit of defensive work because the Crusaders have come out firing. Yeah, as much as you talk about the competition needing that, um, that little bit of life breathed into it, it would be, it's, it's hard to say it would be cool, but imagine the scenes if this goes to next weekend, Eden Park, Blues versus Crusaders, winner take all. Ultimately, that could decide this competition. That would be kind of fairy tale stuff, wouldn't it? It would be the, the thing, the whole competition's built around the final, that's not a final. And it would be bittersweet for both sides, for the loser, ultimately. For the Blues to lose it at home would be catastrophic for them wouldn't it and then for the crusaders to go up there 
to Eden Park and, and, and upset the, the Blues like that would would just be the stuff dreams are made of for them. So it could be a big prospect there, but the Highlanders have to pull out their best performance of the season. We've seen them too sleepy. They go and fall off the park for 20 minutes at a time. They concede a lot of points. They come firing back. They get that passion back in their game. They need that for 80 minutes. They need that for 80 minutes start to stop to compete in this game. They can do that against other sides and they'll thump them off the park. To compete in this one, they need to play that ultimate full 80-minute, 85-minute, even 90-minute possibility performance to topple this Crusaders team at home. It's going to be an extremely tough ask. Like I say, the depth is fantastic at the Crusaders. They've got all the players and they've got everything going their way. The Highlanders have a lot of problems still and a lot to work on um, heading into this matchup. Um, it's a tough ask. Uh, do you see them lifting the trophy this season then? Or this weekend? Is it going to be all done and dusted heading to Eden Park next week? Yeah, unless a catastrophe happens. And <laughs> we all pray it does. Um, I can see the Crusaders by 10. Hopefully the Highlanders, they'll know the, the importance of the Great Southern Derby as it is in New Zealand and, and will turn up and, and create a bit of a spectacle. But... Just without looking at the teams on paper, which I don't think they probably have out, Steve. You no, know, not. It's, 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 it's Crusaders. It's the Crusaders all the way. I think we'll find, mate, they'll be lifting up yet another trophy. <laughs> yeah, the, the Highlanders are going to play out of their skin, and that that's really going to be the unfortunate part about them. They probably don't have that as a unit just yet, the Crusaders. Uh, too good, but I mean, they, they'd maybe do another off night. Would be nice, wouldn't it? The Highlanders could get up and, and pop this one over. Um, but yeah, future is, I think, looking bright for that Highlanders team and um, even brighter probably for this Crusaders side uh, to do the job at home in front of their home fans. I've got this one going to the Crusaders by six points. I'm probably being a, a little bit optimistic there, but I'm, you know, the, the Highlanders are good enough to play and compete at this game. They're good enough. The, the team's good enough. I think selection-wise, before knowing the side, they need guys. Like I think Jonah Nareki has been in great form the last couple of weeks. He's got to play more minutes now. Uh, Josh McKay's had a big impact since coming back into the team. Uh, Yuani's back at, at fly half, and he's having a, a big impact on the side as well. I think the back row, we talked about how good Frizzell and Makaeli Tu'u have been this season. Last few weeks... Not as impactful as they have been earlier on in the year where the Highlanders really were looking like they were the third best team in this competition. Falling off the pace a little bit there in the pack. So a lot to work on, but a lot of promising signs. I don't think it's going to be their night though. And unfortunately, yeah, we could have the competition ending ultimately one round early. But I'm still sure the Blues fans will be wanting to get up there and um, upset the Crusaders next weekend, which we've got to talk about next week as well with our final uh, two matches from Super Rugby Aotearoa and two more from AU as well. But that is it, Shane. We're, we're done. Um, yeah, a pretty pretty straightforward kind of, I think, picking weekend this weekend. Uh, but we are seeing more and more upsets as these competitions do flow on as well. So the potential is there. We could be up for something exciting um, in the final results of this round. Um, anything else you'd like to add about these games, Shane, as uh, we wrap up this week's preview? Yeah, uh, firstly, stay strong, Victoria. You'll get through this. Um, and don't forget, everyone out there watching rugby this weekend, uh, we're not that far away from full, full 
four games of rugby, eight teams playing. The players are getting out there, really excited, ready to entertain you this weekend. So get out there and and, and watch it on your television screens. And if you're in the got the Hawaiian shirts on in <laughs> Wellington, let's have a bit of fun on Twitter, eh? Sounds good. Oh, of course, all Shane's details. Let's create a thing. He'll be under his face, so you can go hit him up, give him a follow on there, and uh, throw him your uh, your best Hawaiian shirts. Even if you're not in Wellington, give him your best efforts of a Hawaiian shirt uh, from wherever in the globe you may be. Um, that is it, though, from us once again for another week. A big thanks to Shane for coming on. As per always, we'll be back in next week with another look at four more matches. Uh, and, of course, thank you all for coming by and tuning in and watching. Hope you've enjoyed the show. And, of course, if you do enjoy it, uh, hit that thumbs up. Of course, subscribe to the channels. Share it with your friends. Um, show someone else that um, how good our shows are and uh, what we've got coming your way. Uh, things coming every night of the week, as well as interviews, all sorts. It's all happening. Check it out, New Zealand Sports Radio. And uh, check out all the cool stuff coming out on my channel as well while you're there. That is it, though, from us. We'll see you all next week. Big thanks to Shane, as always. And until next time, take care. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.